Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Interesting fact. Did you know 60% of people who are hearing this, they're not subscribers. They like the content, they listen, they watch, but they're not in the Bulletproof Brotherhood. I feel like they're missing out, Joe. I agree. I don't want them to miss out. Nor do I. I want them to be in. I want them to receive the secret handshake to be in the circle of trust. In order for that to happen, they need to click subscribe. That's right. Whether you're watching this on YouTube, you're listening to this in your car, however you're getting this, we need you to just take two seconds to go and click subscribe. It means the world to us. And that means we can bring more energy, more good content for you, and it means we'll be closer. And that's what we want. We want to be your bros. So, ladies and gentlemen, join the Brotherhood today. Click subscribe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I'm JT, and I'm here with the Roughneck. Joe Worthington. Hey guys, how you doing? Necks a little bit stiff, but still thick as fuck. Believe that. Now, here's the deal. People ask us all the time, I'm getting ready for comp. I'm getting ready for comp. Comp in six to eight weeks. You know I say to them, you're not ready, bro. Fuck <laughs> Go back to training. What were you thinking? <laughs> no. I mean, look, you got six weeks. What are you going to do in that time so you're better prepared? There are things you can do, and we're going to outline exactly what that is. Whether it's your first comp or your fifth comp or your tenth comp, if you do your prep better, you will perform better. Right on. So you've had this question a couple of times, haven't you, Joe? People hitting you up? Get it often. Look, I think it tends to come from the less experienced. Of course. Your practitioners, usually white belts. You know, through the Instagram, I usually have these conversations, but it'll be like, hey, I've registered for my first comp. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of the, and that's, the backstory. You can be proud of that. Like, that's a, it's a courageous jump. Oh, fucking A. Like, entering a jiu-jitsu comp, it's a big deal. Yeah. First, like, props go out to anyone competing. Like, I, I don't think it ever gets easy. No. It, and it's definitely at its hardest in the beginning. Yes. So, yeah, there's a lot of mysteries. Like, okay, I've entered my first comp. Um, what do I need to do? This is kind of the, the grand. It's like, all right, well, it's a big question. Yeah. But there are a couple of specific things yeah sort of things i find myself repeating Mm. i'm guessing it's the same for you definitely i mean your coach is going to say to you oh just train yeah but really that's that's not quite enough when you're preparing for competition so i think the first thing we have to talk about is weight category yeah because this creates a lot of fuckery you got to choose that when you register it's like which weight category and you're like shit yeah and it pretty much seems like you're always in the middle yeah, you're at the bottom of one, or you're 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 just, just a little outside. bit too heavy for the one below. Yeah, that's right. And depending on if you're gi or no gi, you could factor in your gi weight. Um, but yeah, this is important. And I, our general stance is you should compete as close to your natural weight as possible. Joe, yeah, absolutely. I think the stress of competing for the first time or the first you know few times, there's already enough going on with that that you don't need to add stress as well of trying to lose weight and changing your nutritional habits. And like, even if you, even if you weren't showing up, like even if you're showing up bang on whatever weight you need to be on comp day, you might've had four to six weeks prior to that where you've been like stressing about eating and oh fuck, I got to watch my calories and that whole thing. Or the worst case scenario, which you see playing out a lot 
is it's like competition day and you wake up and you're like, fuck, I'm, I'm a kilo over. Go it's like, sweat I, run. You're going to go for a run before the one. And it's oh. like, you don't need that. No one needs that. No. Comp is stressful enough. You shouldn't add extra stress. This does not increase performance. So even if you are going to go to a lighter category, you need to already be not too far from it because you weigh in on the day. It's only at specific jiu-jitsu competitions where you might weigh in the night before, like the Abu Dhabi World Pro. Even with the ADCC, they weigh them three or four times. They weigh them over days. Oh, wow. So you have to actually stay quite close to your weight, which is pretty brutal. But the reason why we say this is... But it's smart, right? Because it just means you you don't try and do anything extreme. No, or if you do, you're really committed to that. Yeah. Because you weigh in on the day... Two points, we talk about this all the time, is being fueled and being hydrated. And fuel, we're talking carbohydrates. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what's going to give you muscle glycogen. And then water weight. Like, that's the easiest way to drop weight is just sweat it out. But you need to be hydrated. And this is the thing that's really underestimated about performance, that someone who comes in, I guess, relatively relaxed, well-fueled and hydrated, will perform better than someone who's stressed out and dehydrated and... You know, like, yeah. this is the person who's going to fuck out, Yeah, basically. For me, on comp day, like, one of the things we know, to calm your nervous system, food is, is a really strong, sends a really, like, is a really strong influencer of that. Mm. So if you are, like, fasting or you're, you're hungry, naturally that lends itself to you being more upregulated, to you being more of a sympathetic nervous state. Mm. Um, eating a big meal will, will naturally put you into more of a parasympathetic nervous state. And so... On comp so day, on, break that down for so so sympathetic meaning like fight, flight, or freeze response. Parasympathetic <laughs> meaning like more restful, yeah, calm, calm, right? Yeah. So think about like you have you have your dinner and then you're like chilling out afterwards. That's that's the yeah you know, that's the parasympathetic place to be. Yep. Now, obviously at comp, you are going to be pretty upregulated, like pretty sympathetic because you're already fucking stressed about comp. That's right. You're not going to feel like eating on the morning, right? Yeah. And and we're not going into comp prep on the day specifically, but. If you can have eaten well the day before and that whole week leading up to it and then you can sort of force some breakfast in on the day of and just be like that's a really good way just to help manage your nerves. Definitely. Versus I fucking, okay, I just had like a piece of toast for breakfast and a black coffee and and I got a Red Bull that I'm going to drink a couple hours before I, man, that's not lending itself to you being calm whatsoever. That just sounds like my (laughs) (laughs) pre-podcast, pre-workout. No, The Red Bull salad. The Red Bull salad. The cocktail. Um, But I think that's the thing that uh, people underestimate how much it does have a negative effect on just your ability to think, right? Because you do, there will be a point in time where you actually have to think about your jiu-jitsu techniques and and being calm is is very helpful. You don't want to be adding this whole cutting weight, even though it's really popular. It's like, oh, I'm cutting weight. You're about it in the UFC. It's it's dumb. If you're elite level, sure. But for general practitioners, don't fuck with it. Nah, don't worry about that. Next one. Structure your week. Now, this is something that I actually had learned from uh, wrestlers and powerlifters, which is to have your hardest day the comp day. So uh, I'm a big fan of the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, some of the greatest wrestlers in the history of wrestling come out of that, that uh, college. And what they would always do, like they compete all the time, but Saturday or if they had a meet on a Friday or a Saturday, they would practice all of their training to be the hardest day on that day. So they would make their hardest wrestling session almost like comp simulation on that day. You don't want to have it that 
your hardest training is on Wednesday and Saturday is just like an open mat. You want to, you've only got six weeks or eight weeks. You want to have it very practiced that you're getting ready for this big thing on a, on a Saturday or whenever the comp is. So it, it really gets you in the habit of when you can relax and then when you can kind of get your body ready. So it's very practiced. It's very natural. So when you come to the Saturday, your body is very subconsciously ready today's the work, today's the hard day. Yeah. And uh, powerlifters and strongmen will do something similar. If their meet is on a Sunday, then they will often do like an events or comp day, which will simulate that. And my old Taekwondo coach used to make us do this. Um, if we knew that we were scheduled to compete on a Saturday or a Sunday, in the weeks leading up to the comp, he would make us come to the gym. We had to bring all our snacks, all our drinks, because like Taekwondo oh, wow. competitions were very similar to Jiu-Jitsu. You just mats in a huge basketball stadium or a fucking velodrome or whatever the fuck. And you have to stay inside all day because they, they might just call you up. Oh, no, sorry, two, two fights were cancelled. Someone got injured. You're up now. Oh, I thought I was up in half an hour. No, you've got to be good to go. And he would do random shit. He'd like roll the dice and he'd go one versus six. And you're like, oh, shit, I'm going up against heavyweight Pete. <laughs> and he'd make yeah. us fight. And then we'd have to hydrate, eat, and we have to stay in the gym all day. You know how it gets. It gets sweaty and yeah. claustrophobic, and you you're, just want your adrenaline. Like you're watching other people compete as and well. Stressful. So you're getting excited, then you're getting tired. Like it's this roller coaster of yeah. And you don't have to feels. exactly do that, but I do believe conditioning yourself to perform on a given day is actually helpful. I like that. I think personally, thinking of like say for a, I'm going to push back on that. And, and offer up another approach, sure. Which would just be for the for the person who's newer to the game. I'd say like, may, like that could work really well, but it could also put more pressure on the person to change their routine. Okay, yep. And in that way, I'd say, look, don't worry about it too much. Just keep training. Show up to the comp. You'll be fine. You know. I disagree, but that's okay. No, no. Well, of no, course no. you fucking do because you just <laughs> told me another thing, and then I disagreed with that. Okay, yeah. well, that's fine. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree because we know why, James. <laughs> That's all right. Every, everybody does have a different approach and finding the approach that works for you is important. That's, that is the key thing. Yeah, I think it's, it's about like we're like throwing things out there like, hey, give this a go. Like you might be someone who's naturally quite competitive and training quite a lot and go, fuck yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make Saturdays my thing and, mm, you know. Sure. But for someone who's like, I only get in on Tuesday, Thursday nights. That's it. And now you're telling me I've got to change that up. That could be a, an extra stressor, right? So, oh, for sure. And yeah, we're not actually here to make it more stressful. We're here to kind of unpack it so it's less stressful, more accessible. Now, here's something which is actually not talked about enough, especially with beginners coming into their comp, strategy. I do this all the time. Now, it sounds like, oh, it sounds a bit meta, a bit esoteric. What are you going to do when you get to comp? Like, you need to have a game plan. The person who has a solid game plan and implements it generally does better. Like, that's, that's just as simple as it gets. From a, from a novice level up to an expert level, whoever can execute on their strategy, they are typically the winner. Statistics in comp show that the person who scores first points typically wins, wins. the match, right? Yeah. Like majority of the time. Yep. It's not always the way. There's always some cool exceptions where someone's down 16-0 and they, boom, they pull out the flying triangle finish. It's exciting. It's my it, kind of match, flying it's, shit. It's fucking rare. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, if you, yeah, I think... It's really important to know that um, if you're not sure what your strategy is, I always say, what is it when I'm asking someone who I don't train with, what's your best game? You want to go with your A game? 
and you want to, if you're pulling guard, you better have been practicing how to pull guard because I was talking to... Uh, yeah, it's not like I never pull guard, but you know at this comp, I'm a pull guard. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> don't, don't do don't that. Do you're that. shit at that. Don't do it. Yeah. And if, but here's the thing. Some people like, oh, I play guard and I say, oh, how do you pull guard? They're like, oh, we start from the knees. <laughs> it's like, start standing because here's the thing, like in the act of pulling guard... Yeah, I could get not, injured. If you're not, <laughs> Imagine. But if you're not good at it, you can just get like ankle tapped and then it's two points and they pass your guard. And do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's just the simulation, even if you're not going to do the eye roll on Saturdays, start standing and practice the thing that you're planning to implement. Yeah. Whether it could be takedowns, maybe you love judo or you love wrestling and you're like, oh, I'm definitely doing takedowns. Fight for that and, 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 and implement that strategy. Yeah. I think this is the thing that when you first start, it's probably not talked about. You're like, well, we do heaps of techniques. I don't know what my A game is. Talk to your coach. Yeah, they'll tell you. They might know your game better than you and go, no, you do this really well. You should, if you don't know, ask your coach and and go in there with it in your mind. I used to find the, I remember my coach asked me, what's your your game plan? What's your game? And I never wanted to have one because I didn't like adding, like I, my competition preparation was just show up and do what I do. Right. And, you know, it worked okay sometimes and not others, right? right? I was also I was also never trying to be that guy, but I didn't want to add stress to to the situation. But looking back, I'm like, well, I did kind of roughly have a game plan. You did, yeah. And it would have made perfect sense, but the 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 mysterious part for me back then was fuck, I have to have this complex like blueprint of my game. They go here, I go here, then I do when it's, no, it's, no, it's, it's like, no, I get a collar grip and I'm going to use my sacrifice throw and then I'm coming up to half guard, knee cut, side control, far side armbar. Like, right. yep. Yeah, like it can be that simple, right? A, B, C, D yep. kind of thing. And it's not to say it's always going to play out that way, but if you've drilled something and you're like, yeah, this is my roadmap yep. and once I've like, this is what I'm trying to do, you're already like, you're already a couple of steps ahead of someone who's like, I'm just going to step on the mats and see, see what, what happens, happens. Yeah. right? And, and, and it's good to have a backup strategy, which is, well, what if I don't get the takedown and I get taken down? Okay, sure. well, that, that's my B game and that's these yeah. four steps. So for those of you who are familiar or not familiar with the combat game Tekken or Tekken 2. You fucking nerd. <laughs> get on board. Get on board. <laughs> there's going to be plenty of people who relate to this. There's, there's a little special move where you go double back and you go power punch, power kick, same time, and you stun them. It's like a little purple flash. And then you go through this like five hit sequence. Out, shout out to uh, uh, Liquid Metal, our guy Alan. <laughs> Alan, yeah, Tekken aficionado. He's probably not listening. It doesn't matter. But you, I was like playing as king. Trains all the fighting. He does no fighting. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he does all the training, but never does the combat. But that's cool. Whatever. He moves well. But you stun the opponent, and then you do like this five hit combo. I, I always took that to imagine. Like, imagine if you could just. Briefly just stun your opponent. And you could do whatever you wanted. The perfect guard pull, the perfect takedown, and you could just implement it. When you watch super high-level jiu-jitsu competitors, they look like they've just stunned somebody and they're just doing the business to them. You're like, whoa, that person looks defenseless. Imagine if you could just play your A game. It's never going to be that easy, but what would you do if you had that opportunity? And I think it's good for you to imagine how does this work if this works perfectly and then make strategies and, and, and uh, plan Bs for if it doesn't work. Yeah, I like that. Now, and, that and just on that, like you, you can literally take like a piece of paper 
and then just go like my A game and then go step one, two, three, four and boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And you know, and just drill the fuck out of it. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to drill it every single round leading up yeah. to comp, but it might be like every training session, I want to make sure that I try and hit my A game on at least like two of the roles that I'm doing. Yeah. You're just reinforcing it. And look, I didn't have a strategy when I started jujitsu because I only had two techniques. Close guard. That's basically our generation uh, uh, um, of jiu-jitsu. Um, um, uh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't need a strategy. That's all I had, so that's all I was going to do. <laughs> I was, that was, mine was the exact same game. You know, like close guard, flower um, sweep, umba, and like... Oh, so you would sweep and then umba from the if top? If I could. Right. If I couldn't sweep... I'd I just umba from, from close guard. But then also like, because I didn't have any... I didn't even know chokes. I would just engineer an umba from anywhere. <laughs> like I'd just be like, I just got to straighten that guy's arm out. Fucking... It's a deadlift. But uh, I guess... The, the ignorance made the game simple, right? I only had two moves, so that's that's all I was going to do. Yeah, simple. But um, the next thing, which is a common question we get, is, well, what do I do with my extra training? Should I focus on, like, when I'm not rolling, like should I focus on mobility or should I be lifting or should I just focus on technical training? Like, I'm going to start some sprints. Build yeah. that capacity. <laughs> yeah, look, in truth, if you're not already lifting or you're not already if it's not already in your um, routine, don't start something new now. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. I think you you actually want to make sure that you're as focused as you can be on having a good routine so you can keep working on your, your jiu-jitsu. If you're already lifting and you're already doing mobility, awesome. If you're not, that's okay. That's cool. Don't start new shit now, whether it's diet, lifting, Ice bars, like don't just suddenly do something special thinking that that's going to be the thing that gets you over the line on, on comp day. I'm going to push back on that and say, maybe jump in and do some CrossFit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the burpees. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no, nah, totally. Don't start new shit. Because it's all, long, all that stuff's like long game. It's like you're not, you're not going to get anything from strength training if you do it for four weeks. Yeah. You're not going to get anything from mobility if you do it for four weeks. So, I mean, look... You'll get something, but that's not going to win you the championship. That's right. And it's and it's extra load. And so it's like, no, stick to what you... Same as what we're saying with the food. It's like, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, like, really funny. So, uh, real early days, I was still a blue belt. A wrestler we knew was training up for MMA. And he, um, he'll remain nameless, but he's a... Actually, no. Gene. Gene Carpomps is a beast of a human. He came and I love we always us. get the surname. Oh, it, man. It's respectful. He's a... East. I, w- I want to name him, but it was so it was classic like wrestler mentality. We just had hard rounds, and I was like one of his best roles. I stayed back and did an extra half an hour for him. He was getting prepared for like XFC, which was like this really shitty MMA uh, fight organization that was down at like Geelong. Uh, he was fighting a kickboxer or something, and he was like one of the best wrestlers in Australia at that time. And then this is like a week out from the fight, he gets on a spin bike. After training, he's just, <laughs> he's got the towel tucked into the hoodie. And I'm like, what are you doing, Gene? He's like, I'm just getting my cardio in. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, I've got to have, you know, it's MMA, so I've got to have extra fitness. I'm like, dude, you've just trained for two and a half hours. You don't, you don't need, you're only going to fight for 15 minutes, bro. Like, he's like, no, I've got to get that extra fitness. I'm like, oh, man. Oh. And I mean, he's a beast. Like, he, you know, I, you can't mess with Gene. Gene went from being a skinny kid to being an absolute tank of a human. But it's just this mentality. It's almost like fear of messing out. Like, oh, I have to do extra. Yeah. 
but that's not necessarily actually going to help you. No, it's not. But there is a case though, isn't there, that sometimes for some people it gives them that psychological thing. Psychological it's like that age. Mike Tyson, like I'm up, I'm up on the road before, like while my yeah. opponent's sleeping. Yeah, sure. You know, it's a mental edge. But yeah, I think that's right. For There's some rare individuals like that who are maybe beginners at jujitsu, but maybe they've got an elite From background in something else where they're going to be bringing that kind of elite preparation but yeah, for the majority of folks, like, nah, man, get off the fucking spin bike. Like, <laughs> don't training, you're good. Yeah, exactly. So don't make any new changes six weeks out. Keep it simple. If you're already doing it, stick with it. If you're not, that's cool. Now. But still sign up for the program. Just <laughs> don't start it yet. Yeah, not just yet. <laughs> um, now, this is something which is not done well, even at an elite level. Taper. Now, we did talk about deload week not, not too far back. Yep. And uh, I had a friend of ours contact uh, Samoan strongman contacted me and said, bro, you feel awesome when you don't do the training, but then you show up to comp day and you're weak as fuck. It's <laughs> no good, bro. And I'm like, that sounds like a taper, not done well. Um, and what I have witnessed, even at an elite level, is people training up until like two days before comp, like hardest rolls ever, two days off. That's our taper. And we still train on the Friday. You know, this kind Adam, of- Adam's a fan of that. Oh. Shout out to Adam, Child's Vantage. He he's but you know, it works. He he's like, I like to go to the gym the day before competition and do a couple of hard rounds. Cause I want to feel like I just want to be Is this is this super injured Adam who's not Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But this is how we should call it. Super injured Adam, shout out. <laughs> but he shows up well to comp. He does, no, no, he he does, but I, I think this is I disagree with it, but I'm just saying that I, I, you know, it this does is, work for some this, folks. No, no, no. I think this is this is bullshit. People are succeeding in spite of this. It's like when you see boxers who are shadow boxing with dumbbells in their hands. They're doing it because their coach did it, and their coach was great. But their coach was great not because of the dumbbells in their hands, right? Like, yeah, it's hard to keep your hands up and shadow box holding two kilo weights. But biomechanically, it's proven that this is working all the wrong muscles. This is tightening up your biceps, tightening up your forearm. It's shortening this up, which actually limits your ability to be able to extend. Even though it will give you good endurance for keeping your hands up, it's not going to make your punches snappier or better or anything like that. So this idea of pohada... So and no, no dumbbell, because uh, I use that in my jiu-jitsu warm-up. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, shadow boxing in the yeah. guard with <laughs> one <laughs> kilo <laughs> weight. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can get it. Doots, doots. Yeah, thanks, Guido Hatsis. <laughs> we appreciate that. No, uh, anyway, if you don't, who that can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's a soundbite, Julian. <laughs> get it on there. Uh, no, look, I think a lot of people are used to training really hard, and it's this FOMO. It's like, oh, but if I don't train hard in the comp, like. Well, Shanji talked about his brother, like Salo, who was also a great competitor. He's like, no, I'm recovering. And what they've shown with other sports, Olympic level sports, that it does take you a full two weeks to restore to your highest level. Now, when it comes to tapering, this doesn't mean you do nothing. I'm not saying you do nothing. But what you need to do is you need to be reducing your volume, backing things off so your nervous system is fully recovered. Still practice your skills. Still drill, still roll, but you want to be doing that with minimal chance of injury because you've worked so hard for so long. And if you're preparing for like... A, a comp that you consider to be important it's your first comp your 10th comp doesn't matter you don't want to get injured like how many fights in the ufc and in mma sorry in the ufc and in in jiu-jitsu where a fighter has to pull out last minute yeah they overtrained they got staff they got sick yeah they tweaked their knee it happens all the fucking 
time because this is the As point. a fan, it's not fucking good enough. Yeah, fuck that. Get on the steroids and man up. No. Um, <laughs> truth is, actually, after Asada came in, way more injuries in MMA. Was, <laughs> was that, it? Yeah, less, yeah. Less, less growth hormone, less old VTOR, new old man body. Speaking of which, you see Overeem just got pinched for doping in uh, glory. Oh, as you <laughs> well should. Bro, he looks enormous. <laughs> but I, I think this is the thing that you have to understand is that you – even though your coach, maybe your coach is Adam Charles, and he's pushing you to do the hardcore training. If taking our advice, at least the week before comp, reduce how many hard rolls you're having, back off the intensity of what you're doing. So if you've got some niggles, they smooth out a bit. Your fitness is not getting better that week. You're not going to dramatically get better in that one week technically. Yeah. So what you need to do is actually preserve what you've got so you can show up your best self on the day. I agree. And I think just to um, to for Adam there, I think he, he would do that. He wouldn't do a bunch of rounds. It would just be like one or two just to get that feeling. Right. So I can see the, the purpose of that. Here's my take on that piece. If you are training super hard and preparing for that comp, if your volume is high, and you're like, whatever, you're training three, four, five days a week kind of thing, then yeah, I think it's really important that you kind of pay attention to cutting down that volume in that final week a little bit and being mindful of it. I think if you are coming into the comp and you're like still only training two or three days a week, Mm. and the reality is that you train on Thursday night and the comp's on Sunday, then I think you should just do what you do. Because because that's, that's more of like the hobbyist kind of thing. It's like you're not actually training at a level where you're going to be fatigued from the training session you did three days ago. No. I look back at the comp when I used to compete and I would almost take the week before competition off Mm -hmm. and it didn't work well for me. I think I was really just looking for a bit of a break from training. Sure. And I'm like, I'm just kind of not going to show up this week and I'm going to be super fresh and like keen to grapple on the weekend. But the reality is I'd show up on the weekend and be like, fuck, I feel really out. Yeah, I haven't touched a gi for like seven days. Yeah, I mean, I'm not not talking about that. When I'm talking about a taper... uh, you know, no, mine, no, yours yeah. is. You said it. It's like reduce your sets, reduce your hard rounds, yeah. but still drill, still do the technique. Be there, yeah. And I mean, even the night before a comp, I would drill. But you need someone who's willing to do that for you. Like, play your A game <gasps> out. <laughs> Put the gear on, mom. <laughs> you do need it in your mind. You do need it in your nervous system. Like, it needs to be really well practiced, and you need to feel the sense of readiness. Even though you can't control what's going to go on in the day, you need to have a feeling that I've done whatever I could do to be prepared so you can sleep well the night before. And this is the other thing with like the eating and everything else. Sleeping well the night before is actually key. And they talk about it in warfare. They talk about it in sports performance. They talk about it in in so many things. Getting a good night's sleep is going to be one of the best things you can do to make the next day successful. And uh, so Charles Poliquin, RIP, he is like, he was super strict with um, his athletes, but the night before a big comp, he'd let them eat whatever they wanted. Even though he would be so strict on their food. Like there was a famous case of him taking, I think she was a hammer thrower or a shot putter, and she had to cut weight and do all this stuff. He took her down there. She's really nervous before the Olympics, took her down the food hall, and he's like, you can have like a cheeseburger and some chips. She's like, what? What? He's like, no, do it. She was like, but this isn't, this, this, this is like not in my diet. And he's like, no, because he knew the dopamine and the satisfaction she would get from it would help her relax, help her sleep, which means she could wake up the next day and really fucking perform. Mm. 
and I, and I think it it's something that most people don't understand with the psychology of performance. Being relaxed is better for you than just being hyper tense and and yeah. and, and psyched out. Yeah, like I my my first coach, uh, old school guy, used to tell us, um, "Don't ejaculate for at least a month before competition. No sex." And uh, I was like, "Fuck for real." He's like, "Yep." I'm like, "All right, I'll take that on board." And I did it. And I remember for a couple of comps, one in particular, the Asian Championships in Tokyo. Yes, which I didn't compete overseas a lot, but it was, we went over there for that one. I was at Blue Belt. And I had been abstaining for like six weeks. Sexually pent up. I was a fucking nervous wreck. <laughs> I was so blue ball wrecked. It was not even funny, bro. And I like I I, I think I beat one guy in that comp. I fought two divisions and got my ass handed to me. Beat one dude. Um, points, I think. Uh, I'm like, fuck, that was the most terrible idea. <laughs> Flip that to other comps where I've just, I don't know, whatever, hung out, done, done my thing the night before. <laughs> With or without somebody else. <laughs> with and, or without companionship. Yeah. And uh, show up to the comp just be like, yeah, sweet. Who am I smashing? What's going on? Yep. And had a mad day. Okay. That's great. Well, like Ronaldo, they said, uh, not Ronaldo Jr., of, of former glory in, the, in Brazil. Ronaldo used to be getting head before he'd walk Ronaldo, out. Football player. Yeah. Right on. Uh, before he'd walk out on the pitch and score like three <laughs> goals. But let's Stay talk loose, to, baby. Let's talk to the science on that. And this is because I was doing some research. I did a deep dive ages oh, ago. I bet you did when a I deep did dive. A, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's research, guys. Yeah. Mom, don't come in here. <laughs> no, I was, talking, <laughs> I was talking about Reddit, motherfucker. I was like, well, it's interesting because there's so many different talks in the world of strength about abstaining, not, all this stuff, right? Here's what they have shown. This is the science on uh, abstinence. Abstaining for months at a time is not necessarily good. But seven days, pressure release, The next within 24 hours of the pressure release, your testosterone will spike. Almost immediately. Seven days of abstinence. Seven days of abstinence. Pressure release. Pressure release. 24 hours before the event. Um, yes. Wow. The next 24 hours, your testosterone is going to be through the fucking roof. Okay. And so that's how to run it. I'll give it a go. There you go. I'll give it a go for the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I will abstain. I'll be bringing, bringing that JT energy to the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I think- um, It covers us. It is. That's there the it pod. is, fam. Look, main takeaways, keep it simple. Don't, don't add stress, extra stress to your plate. Stay chill, keep eating, keep sleeping, keep training. And just, I think at first, showing up to competition is just about getting used to going to a competition and doing yeah. that thing. It's not, it's not even about winning, right? You can do that after you've got a few comps on a belly and go, all right, I want to show up, I want to win my division. Mm. And then maybe, maybe then we're talking some slightly different things. Um, but thank you for the people who send those questions through on the Instagram, the YouTube and stuff. We appreciate it. And hey, if you need help with your training, we got you. Go to bulletproof for bjj.com. Start your free trial. Strength, mobility for jiu-jitsu. We'll see you there.